Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Little Man Mastery, the podcast and the podcast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And we're actually in South America currently in La Paz, the capital of Bolivia, traveling since December of 2016. And we're focused on South America primarily. We've been to 11 countries out of the 13 in South America so far, and we only have two more to go. Chile, which we're heading to in a few weeks, and then Uruguay. And on today's uh, interview, I actually have a passionate world traveler, and a really good friend of mine from Vancouver, BC, Canada, Jim Michaelis, who's actually uh, quite a veteran in the travel industry, uh, who's traveled around the world, and we're going to be finding out a lot more about his travels. So Jim, uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm good. How are you doing, Ricky? great to have you on the show. Uh, why don't we get to know you a little bit better if you want to do a quick introduction, if you want to share a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, um, you know, I'm just a regular guy. I went to school, I flunked out, um, and then uh, I actually went on a trip to uh, Central America and uh, changed my life in terms of my motivations and the power of travel. So uh, that led me into the travel industry and uh, also uh, got me into the teaching uh, field uh, as well. Um, so travel has been very integral in my life. So tell us about some of your travels. Uh, you mentioned Central America. Where, which countries and continents have you guys, have you visited so far, Jim? Uh, I've been. My first big trip was to Australia when in my early twenties on my own. Um, that led to uh, my next big trip to Central America in about 1994. Um, countries like Guatemala, Honduras, uh, Nicaragua, pa uh, Panama, and Costa Rica. Uh, I never got to El Salvador, um, but I was very close to uh, close to it. Um, but those are the countries that, that really did change my life. Uh, I'd done some uh, geogra geography courses on Latin American studies um, in the Latin American region and I'd learned about these countries and developed a keen interest in learning about how they worked. And uh, so I went there and uh, wanted to see things for myself because remember in the 80s in Central America there was lots of uh, wars in the region uh, during the time of Ronald Reagan. and. Uh, Obviously, we had El Salvador uh, with uh, their civil war, uh, with their military dictatorship. We had Honduras that was, uh, you know, they said it was called USS Honduras, uh, being like kind of like the staging ground for uh, military attacks in the region and covert operations, which we know is uh, the Contras. Uh, the Contras were stationed in Honduras and uh, partially in Costa Rica to get into Nicaragua. Uh, but I wanted to go down in 94 after things had settled down and see it for myself and get, make my own and form my own opinions about uh, what I'd been hearing on the news and, and uh, uh, accompanying some of my studies. Yeah, so that, that's actually the, the pivotal trip of my life. I, I, I'm not sure if the number of destinations for me is important as for the, the depth of the experience when you're in a destination. Um, I really got a, I flew into Honduras without knowing really any Spanish. I had a guidebook. At that time there was no internet. I couldn't get through to home. Um, you know, my parents were worried sick about me and dropped in the middle of uh, Tegucigalpa, Honduras. Uh, 
uh, not speaking any Spanish for over uh, probably about two weeks I spent uh, in Honduras on my own uh, between Tegucigalpa, San Pedro Sula and uh, Tela, which is a small beach town um, on the Caribbean. Uh, so that, that experience uh, in itself, just all the people I've met, the, the great travelers uh, at that time, uh, you, you met really interesting uh, foreigners uh, that were from like the U.S. and other countries in Germany. Uh, they are real travelers that I met uh, in that region because nobody really traveled during that time. It was very quiet. Um, and I had to learn Spanish or I wouldn't survive because there was really nobody else around. Um, so that that really imprinted uh, or had a deep impression on on my my travel uh, at, during that time, and it really started to have me question more about about the meaning of life and what my purpose was here, and and uh, how come I was so lucky to be from a country like Canada, and there's so many people who are unfortunate uh, or fortunate, depending on how you look at it. We don't want to romanticize other countries, but uh, we definitely want to appreciate what they have to offer uh, and to teach us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's something I reflect on a lot when, when we're traveling is like, you know, the, the differences between cultures and uh, be, between people, obviously the econ economic, political differences. And uh, you definitely uh, um, become grateful, you know, like uh, uh, when we're traveling in a, I'm literally in tears a lot just because I, I'm super grateful for the opportunity just to be to, to visit a new city, a different country, a different continent. And a lot of the people who, uh, who, who are, we're visiting, they're, they're in the midst of poverty and they don't get to travel like we do. So definitely uh, a blessing uh, to be able to see this beautiful world we all live in. So uh, you, you mentioned that travel has changed you. Tell us about some of those uh, the deep inner changes in terms of mindset, soul, spirit, heart. Yeah, for sure. Um, with respect to my personal experience, you know, people that I talked to that, you know, I told I was going to go on these uh, extended trips um, said, oh, you just want to go find yourself. You, you know, you want to run away from your problems. And, you know, I don't know. I think it was a way to um, to really get a feel about who I because you really get to know yourself when you travel. And uh and, and that was a, for me, that was really important. Um, I needed to get to know others um, and, and other people's lives to understand my own life and the, to, to use an overused phrase nowadays, the matrix with which I'm living at home. And I first experienced that um, in Australia, just little things that, that, that don't, don't really make any sense as I'm watching the news in Australia as I, in my early 20s. And I'm like, how come there's no news about Vancouver? Like, what's the problem here? Like, is it not important? And I'm like, well, of course. You know, when you think about it logically, it's like, well, of course not. You know, but growing up in Vancouver, that's all I heard was news about Vancouver. And, and these, these little things seem, seem to have a deep impression on, you know, how I've been brought up and, and what I've been taught is what's important is has been very, uh, it, uh, it, it's part of who you are. But uh, the more we can depart from that, or at least see um, uh, the differences um, that, that there are and the you know, geographical uh, differences that people have, uh, can give us an appreciation for more about you know, the things that we do share in common as well. Um, but 
Um, yeah, I was a little disillusioned, to be honest, after I went. And I, I really, I came back home and I had a, you know, everybody would complain about stupid things. And I'd be like, oh, my goodness, like, this is driving me crazy. You know, like, the people are dying and starving, kids begging on the streets. And, and you guys are complaining because the Canucks lost or, or whatever. And I just, I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't really relate. And I, I guess I had some kind of you know, a, a bit of a crisis at the same time. So, you know, you, I had this wonderful experience, but then I had a hard time relating uh, to uh, people that were back home that just didn't understand my experience. So, uh, the, you know, it, it's not an easy thing to travel and to, and to open up your, open up your, uh, your mind and your heart to, to what you find because it does change you and it does change your outlook on uh, the world. So in that, in that way, I've been learning ever since, trying to, uh, you know, become better as a person, but at the same time, uh, understand that we're all in this together, and there's way more similarities in us than differences. So, I don't know, I, 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 there's a gentleman that wrote a book called uh, The Road Less Traveled. His name was uh, M. Scott Peck. Uh, it's a bestseller from the 80s. Um, and he said something like, he said a comment like, you know, all the knowledge that you know can be encased in a raft in the middle of the South Pacific Ocean compared to all the knowledge that you can possibly learn. So uh, that would that that quote really uh, really left an imprint on me and, and made me realize that yeah, I don't know anything. <laughs> I really don't know a lot, and uh, there's a lot more to learn and to experience than what I've, I've experienced in my life. And uh, I, I still to this day, I, I know I don't know a lot of things and I'm okay with that. It's just, there's just so many things that you could possibly know. So that, that in that way, it's uh, opened me up to uh, wanting to know more, but at the same time, not thinking I need to know everything. I can definitely relate on your, your comment about, you know, returning back home and, you know, a lot of people haven't changed and you've changed so much and you want to share all about your travels and what you've learned, but other people that can't relate. And, uh, you know, that's why it's a great to connect with fellow world travelers because they automatically get it. You know, you're on the same wavelength. Uh, so I'm curious to know about the different uh, jobs you've had in the tra travel and tourism industry. You, you've been working in this industry for Many decades now. Tell us about the different types of work you've uh, done in the travel industry. Well, everything really spawned from that. Um, in uh, 1996, I guess it was like 21 years ago now, I went to uh, teacher training. And because of this trip, I went to Central America. I just couldn't reconcile all these uh, differences and injustices that I saw in the world uh, to uh, becoming a school teacher. And it just didn't make sense to me. Um, at the time. So I actually embarked on getting my second uh, bachelor's degree in, in history at that point. And uh, at the end of the history degree in 1999, I said, hey, what am I going to do now? I'm going to become a history teacher. I could I could still go back to this route. But what affected me and, and helped me in my life the most? And I thought the travel, I just want to encourage people to travel. So I decided to uh, get into the travel industry. And I, you know, I went, I worked at, uh, three agencies, including uh, BCAA, which is part of the AAA um, a group, Auto Automobile Association, um, for a couple of years. I also worked for some top agencies uh, here in uh, Vancouver as well. 
But really, at the end of the day, um, it wasn't really my calling, like sending people to all-inclusives in Mexico and Disneyland and, and kind of like the regular, you know, run-of-the-mill trips wasn't really who I was. And, uh, and there was a lot of other challenges in the travel industry, as we all know, like even I now book online for everything. So being a travel agent, uh, you know, there was a definitely, uh, you know, a shift towards uh, online bookings and uh, all this stuff. So I made a decision uh, at in about 2006 to exit the industry and uh, exit the industry in the sales capacity and start teaching tourism. So I brought the teaching back from uh, 10 years ago, the, the training, and uh, started utilizing that in the classroom. And I'm still doing that now in 2017. So I've been teaching for the last 11 years. Um, so the, the teaching did work out just in a different way, not, not how I had uh, originally anticipated. Um, yeah. So tell us about uh, teaching uh, travel. You know, it must be uh, super inspiring to be able to uh, connect with your students, to uh, open up their minds to the possibilities of travel. Uh, tell us about how your students have been impacted through your teaching. Yeah, I've got some great uh, success stories uh, from my students. Uh, some of them have gone on to do some, you know, incredible positions, head of large uh, home-based agency organizations uh, now. So, um, and some of them are doing very well. Some of them are, are moms working at home. Um, they have children and they're working uh, uh, call center jobs from their own, uh, you know, home office. Uh, there's a lot of different stories uh, uh, like this. Uh, I've got some uh, people doing tour guiding um, in, in different countries. Um, so there's a, a flight attendants. Um, there, there's quite a few uh, people out there doing and doing a variety of jobs. Uh, but yeah, I think travel is something you have to do. And as my my teacher told me, uh, travel teacher told me, she said, travel's about the love. And that's really what it's about, you know. Uh, getting in the travel industry as well is about the love, the love of travel. You know, I don't think a lot of us get into travel for the money. We get in it because we love it. And uh, we want to uh, make some sort of a difference. And uh, so what I found when I was working in the agencies was... Uh, you know, we didn't really get an opportunity to really open people up to new destinations because they wanted to do what they wanted to do. And uh, I found that I couldn't really, uh, you know, in encourage them to travel more. Um, so uh, in the last two years, though, um, yeah, the, the students, yeah, I'm moving on now. <laughs> in the last two years, I've actually uh, got that vision moving forward. I've got a meetup group here in Vancouver. Uh, it's called Impulsive Tourists, and uh, we typically meet once a month. It's all about inspiring people and helping people uh, to travel and give them ideas and, and uh, hopefully empowering them to uh, enjoy their next trip. So I have brought that element in to this new uh, arena. Sounds good, Jim. So curious to know about your vision forward. Uh, do you have any major bucket list items still to go? Uh, for me, um, I'd love to go to Argentina. That's that's one that's, you know, I've been down to Peru and I really enjoyed it. Um, it was quite uh, meaningful. I, I really did enjoy that trip. Um, but uh, yeah, Argentina is one of the ones I've got to get to. Argentina, Uruguay, uh, and uh, southern Brazil. 
I'd love to get that's a pretty you know workable trip in a, in a in a reasonably short period of time. Um, that's the big one. That's that's the one I want to get to next. Uh, but there's several countries I I do want to get to. I, I pretty well ruled out Europe. You know, <laughs> I did, maybe Eastern Europe, but not Western Europe. Um, you know, financially it's a little uh, pricey, and I think I can learn a lot more in uh, some of these other. Other countries where um, that that are more distant from uh, my lifestyle, and definitely the a dollar goes a lot longer here in uh, South America. We were able to travel much longer. If I was in Europe, we, the money would go much quicker. So true. Yeah, we're a very Eurocentric society, and uh, I, I frankly um, want to learn more. I want to learn about other countries that are. That have got some uh, ideas and uh, practices that are different from our own. So, uh, do you have any um, insights into the future of travel? You've been in this in industry for you know several decades now. Where do you see travel going in the future, Jim? I don't know. Well, all the statistics are pointing to travel. Um, it's it just keeps growing. Like there's over. There's over a billion tourist arrivals every single year. So it gets, it's more and it's, and every year it increases. So uh, it's just going to get bigger and, and uh, people, you know, people that couldn't afford to travel, you know, 20 years ago, people are making, uh, it's becoming much more affordable uh, for the regular person to travel. Um, and we're finding that as well from other countries like uh, China and India uh, and Russia you know, there's a lot more travelers coming out of uh, out of Asia now, um, so the, the, it is changing um, uh, the the face of travel. The Europeans and the North Americans don't seem to have as much uh, uh, disposable income, if you will, as compared to some of these other countries. So, but uh, I think we find a way to do this, and uh, we use some of our retirement funds to travel now because. You know, who knows, we might not get to that day when we, we turn 65 and uh, can start traveling. We're just starting to travel now, and that seems to be the, uh, you know, just do it now and uh, and uh, worry about it later. You know, stay home and relax when you're 65 instead of, you know, globe trotting because you should have done that maybe when you were 30 to 50. And uh, because you teach, uh, you know, travel and tourism, uh, what, what suggestions would you have for people who want to actually make money in the travel industry? That's an interesting question. Uh, I think whatever it is you do, just do it because you love it. And, and uh, you know, we've always been taught that, you know, do something you love and the money will follow. It may not follow the way you planned it, but uh, it will it will follow. Um but I, I think we can turn that, that question on its head and say, how much money can you make just by the fact that you've traveled and what you've learned and how you can apply that knowledge? And I think that's a way to look at travel as well. Make the investment to travel. And then whatever it is, you're, you're taking something, taking ideas, perspectives that are very different than you can come back and apply at home. And we've seen a lot of successful business owners just basically borrow ideas from other places and uh, come up with incredible business ideas that weren't really their own. They just found them in another country. So it, it can really uh, be beneficial that way as well, not just in the, 
you know, trying to get the cheap flights and, you know, having a blog. So those are some more traditional ways. But if you think about it um, in a more larger picture, um, travel can be very valuable in ways that you had never imagined. Yeah, definitely a, a good spin on things. Uh, you know, you can either work in the industry or you can use the skills you learn from travel to actually apply it to business and work. So, Jim, uh, to end off here, if people want to connect with you, uh, pick your brain a little bit more about travel, how can they do that? Well, they can connect me. They can find me at Tourism Gym anywhere. So, Tourism Gym dot. I don't know if dot com is, is there, but uh, Tourism Gym at gmail dot com. Uh, you can get me at my uh, meetup group at impulsivetourists.com. Uh, so those definitely are places where you can find me um, uh, quickly. Awesome. I'll actually have those links below if people wanted to connect. If, they, if you're based in Vancouver or coming to Vancouver, make sure you check out Jim's meetup. And if you have any questions about uh, you know, his wealth of experience in the travel industry, definitely reach out to Jim. So thanks again, my friend. And we'll catch up with you soon. All right, thanks, Ricky. Enjoy your time in Bolivia. Thank you, and thanks everyone yeah. for watching this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, where we teach you how to make money. Happy money, we're traveling the world. Happy travels.